You are now in tune to a 726 studio production. <laughs> yeah, let me stop my shit. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. Today, I'm joined by my big cousin, Vernon. And no, when I say Vernon, I'm not talking about his last name. It's not like mine. His first name is my last name. Either way you take it, we're connected. So yeah, what's yeah. up, Vern? Hey, what's going on? You, How you, you know, doing? It's funny. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. It's funny because growing up, you know, all of our cousins, they have the last name Vernon and I have it as a first name. So growing up, if they ever met like Giovanni first and then they met me, the question was always, is your name Vernon Vernon? Every time. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Yeah. You know, like when I was a kid, I used to think about it. I'm like, hold up, Vernon. But I'm like, but nah, nah, it doesn't make sense because it's your mom. So yeah. So here's the thing. Here's how I actually got the name Vernon is because my mom and your dad are brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. All of the girls only had girls except my mom. So I was the only boy born on that side, my family, like through there that didn't have the last name Vernon. So that's why I got it as a first name. Like I, I never really thought about that before, you know? Yeah. You're right. You're the only, you're the only boy from the girls. Yeah. Oh, now it makes sense. You know, I was thinking about like when I thought about the episode and what. So I'm like, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to find out about this Vernon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's why. So, um, so suppose the story goes, George, our grandfather, he has my daddy's like, if you ever have a son, can you name him Vernon? And so my dad said, yeah. And so I'm named Vernon. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. I mean, the name works as a first name and a last name. It does. It really so, does. So. so without a further ado, let's get into this. It's been okay. a long time coming. Been yeah. trying to get this done for um since like what October or something? Somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. Life just happens. People you know, get busy. Yeah, schedules change, but here we are. Because we were supposed I mean, to do it this morning. <laughs> I mean that too, but the time changed again. So yeah. It is what it is. So on my podcast. People know by now, I just talk about a lot of different things. And I feel like some of the stuff that you do, like it coincides with stuff that I want to talk about. So one of those things is that of meditation. So I know you meditate a lot, but can you tell us more about like, why do you meditate? How often you meditate? Like, what do you get out of it? So I first really started meditating probably like seven years ago. and it was just, you know, you hear about meditation, all this, you hear a lot about it. And I just started putting it into practice. And so at first I had this approach of, okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. That is like the hard, like to go from like not meditating to just, I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes and meditate. That was like a struggle because it's like, you're in there, you go through these periods where it's like, okay, you're meditating. And then like you're, you're concentrating on your breath because that's like the first thing they tell you to concentrate on is breathing. So you're thinking meditation is breathing, right? It is. We'll get to that later. But so you're doing that. But, you know, when you're following your breath, at some point in time, your mind just wanders. You're no longer focused on your breath. It's somewhere else. Right. So the mind wanders. It goes through what it does. And then you realize, damn, I'm just sitting here. Like when is 30 minutes going to be up? And like you're just like. The mind down. Is, is, yeah, because you know that you set a timer, right? And so 
from there, I just started actually just saying, hey, you know what? Let me just meditate for five minutes. And I just found like that to be like a more comfortable thing for me to do because it's actually just allowing me to sit still, right? Just sit there and not do anything. It actually was just, it was easy. It was like, I know in my mind, five minutes isn't a lot of time. So I never was worried about, okay, when is it going to be up? So that worked. And then as I started doing that and progressing, I would add more time because then it started feeling like, okay, five minutes wasn't enough. Like, like I started like getting comfortable in doing it. And then I started learning Tai Chi and Qigong, started learning different meditations for that. And that's when like, I really, really got into meditations because I found out that there's like meditations for different things, right? So you can meditate to heal yourself. Like if you have a, um, a body ailment, you can just focus your attention on like that body part and just think thoughts of healing. And eventually you'll heal yourself. That's the power of the mind. So there's meditations for that. There's meditations for just thinking of ideas, just creative ideas, meditations for relaxation, meditation to just actually let your mind act, just process things. Sometimes I do like a meditation. I haven't done this in a while, but a few times I did an open eyed meditation where I didn't, I just looked at one thing. I just stared. It's like, I just parked my car and I just stared out the window for like an hour. And then I paid attention to what was happening. And it was just, my mind was going through every little detail of my life, things that I pay attention to and kind of just organizing it. When you don't try to control the thoughts and you just let them go, it's like your mind is like a computer. Everything that you're consuming is basically ending up on your desktop. When you kind of just let it go, you can kind of sort it and put it in files and organize it. So that way, like when you need it, it's like, oh, it's there. Okay, this is there this I don't need no more. Makes um, sense. Yeah. And when I got divorced, I went through, it was like, I don't really tell nobody this, but it was kind of rough on me mentally because I was thinking of so many things at that time. Like the way my mind was going at that time was like, it was different. That was probably the first time in my life where I was ever like, this is too many thoughts. Like <laughs> This is weird. And yeah, so yeah. too much going like, on. Yeah, it was like, it was so much. And it was like, my mind just felt like it was going so fast. So then I looked into transcendental meditation. And that one was actually, uh, it was taught. Um, and you can't really talk about it, what it is. It's kind of one of those things you have to experience. But I did do that. And I did follow the practices for about a good three months. And my mind slowed down. And it's like, oh, okay. And I was just, I was able to get there. And it's funny because like, I really don't use that meditation too much right now because I'm doing a, two other meditations at the moment. But it's one of the best things that I do is, is to actually meditate. So because I've learned, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. But so like when you meditate, what's your, like your setting? Where do you prefer to meditate? So right now I literally just sit up in my bed and just, put my back on the uh, headboard and just sit there and meditate, sit in damn style and just meditate there. That's typically where I do it. If I'm not at home, like one of my, outside of the house, I would have to say like when I go hiking, like I'll find like a spot that's a little off of the path and I could just sit there and meditate. 
it's a little different because in nature, I haven't totally gotten comfortable because like I can hear all the noises. So when I hear things, it makes me wonder, okay, what is that? Yeah, because I was going to mention that. So there's this um, Taiwanese dude that lives in Belize and he has like a YouTube page and what's not. And I think some parts of it, he talked about meditation, but I haven't really checked those out. I've only really watched the ones that he goes around different parts of the country because, you know, it allows me to see home. But yeah, so he went to like a Mayan ruin. And when he went there, he went to meditate. And he did mention that, like, if you're just starting to meditate, trying to do it outdoors isn't something that's easy. Like, you know, when you usually look at outdoors, you think of it as, oh, it's calm, it's peaceful and what's not. But when it comes to meditating, it just becomes a bigger challenge. Yeah, because you're very aware. Like, like if we went hiking right now and we were talking, we're not going to hear like everything is moving. There's so many animals and creatures moving, making sounds that like we don't know. The trees are making sounds like trees, although we think they're still, they're actually moving. Right. So they got like creaks, like they squeak and whatnot. If we're talking and we're not like paying attention to it and it's like our attention is through conversation, we're not going to hear. But the moment you stop and you are still, you will hear everything that's going on around you. All the birds. That's true. You're going to hear every little ruffle, every little animal walking through the fallen leaves and all that sort of stuff. And it is very, it can be vulnerable. It's funny because like today I meditated in the car. Like I went to, yeah, I went to the barbershop and I just sat in the car. I had the windows rolled down a little bit. And it's easier for me to meditate like being in the car with cars driving by. It is outdoors. That's crazy. I mean, but then again, when you really think about it, I guess it's because when you're at home, you can hear cars anyways. So it's like sort yeah. of like a, a normal sound for you. And then like the car is like a, you know, uh, environment you're used to, I yeah. guess. So it's like a safety. Yeah. You feel, you feel comfortable there. You feel safe. So it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. So, oh, going back to meditation though, this, when I started doing Tai Chi, I want to say it was my second year of practicing. It really sunk into me what it was like Sifu said it and I, and I understood it. So like meditation is the concentration of on one thing. So when you are concentrating on just breathing, you have entered the, the realm of meditation. And once I learned that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm there. And I started at the time at the job I was working at, like everybody, like everybody was stressed out because they were getting a new system. And I was just telling people, hey, just when you feel overwhelmed, just stop and observe one breath cycle, right? Like one full breath cycle and you'll feel better because it just stops for just you're, when you're only thinking about that one thing, it may be a slight pause, but just that little pause, you'll feel better. That's another thing. Like people don't, a lot of people don't know that there's like four parts to a breath. They know two, but they don't know the. I was the just other. about to ask you about it. So what yeah. are these four parts? So the, the four cycles of a breath are an inhale, then you hold it, then you exhale, and then there's nothing. There's this gap between the exhale and your inhale. It's nothing. That type of trigger, like if you do it, there's like a pause in between there. And that's when you can feel the most is in that pause. I never really thought about that, you know? Yeah. I only thought about the two as everyone does inhale and exhale. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of stuff that you can do with like breathing techniques, like holding it for a while. Like you breathe in for a certain amount, hold it for a certain amount, let it go for a certain amount. And I found that. 
what meditation has done for me is it made me pay attention to my exhaling or exhalation more. It's easier to breathe in for a long period of time and control the breath as it comes in. But exhaling at a smooth rate requires a lot of control. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned it because so just now while you're explaining that, I put my mic on mute and I was like, okay, let me take a little a deep breath in and what's not. And while I'm exhaling, it's like all of it was like, like shit is going crazy. Yeah. So that's where the control comes in. And it's like, oh, so when I was doing that, I started learning, oh, this is how you control your emotions. When I had been getting mad in the past, it's like, it'll just come out, right? Like you can express anger very easily, but that's your exhale because it'll come out very fast. It's like when you take that deep breath, you have to monitor the exhale And that's how you control your emotions. It's on the exhale. When you're doing exercises, right? This is what yoga taught me because yoga follow, yoga and Tai Chi both follow the flow of the breath. Like you do the movement according to the breath. I started applying that to every type of workout that I do. There's a, there's typically a a push or pull or a a pull and release or a push and release, right? Like when you're doing a push up, there's an up down, right? Yeah. You'll find that if you do your push-ups, if you align your breath with those, when you're coming up, inhale, and when you push down, control your exhale, you'll get more out of that workout, and eventually it'll be easier because now you're not in panic mode. Have you noticed that Like a lot of times when you think of panicking, your breath is rapid. It's irregular. Yeah, it speeds up. Right? So that's what staying calm and staying present is just being able to control your breath. So whenever you feel that way, that's why they tell people, just breathe. All right. <laughs> and breathing, but like you want to just regain control and just center yourself. You see now you're telling me, you're saying all these things and it has me like, damn, should I just go on the floor and do some push-ups, breathing in, breathing out <laughs> and all this shit, like testing it out. But I- I'm going to save right. it for later. I'm going to save it for later. <laughs> but yeah, meditation, it's a... It's an acquired skill. Yes, it's something that even at its lowest point will bring you some benefit. But the more you practice it, it just becomes like a part of you. You know, I think it's like a lot of time people only think about, okay, you got to eat right. You got to work out, exercise, but simple things like meditation, um, like yoga, those type of stuff really help a lot. Yeah, because they tell you to breathe. Breathing is the most important thing that you can do. Like you can go, what is it? Weeks without food and days without water. So minutes without air. Valid point. <laughs> like literally means to be alive is to draw breath. Stop breathing. You're dead. Yeah. I mean, that, that's straight facts right there. The moment you stop so, breathing, you're done. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, that's what separates being alive from being dead is actually breathing. So I start to like think about things like that, like, what is air? It's this thing that we can't see, right? Like we don't see it. We know that the trees produce it, but we don't see it, but we can definitely feel it. So what is it exactly? Is it spiritual? Like, is it inspiration? Is it souls? Is it spirit? I don't know, <laughs> but it is the foundation of life. Whatever it is, air. it's a necessity. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Yep. So like, you know, moving on from meditation in itself, like earlier in this podcast, I've mentioned it and to the people that have been listening since the start of it all and what's not. I mentioned about like the floating chamber thing. And well, 
for those of you, I mentioned my cousin took me and well, this is the guy. And yeah. so you mentioned the part about, you know, you were overthinking a lot. And that's why you started to do that specific type of meditation. Now, I remember before we went there, you told me that when you're in there, you do a lot of good thinking while you're in there. Meanwhile, for myself, I'm usually someone that's I'm overthinking majority of the time, sometimes for no reason at all. But there's always just thoughts going in and out of my brain. And the moment I got in there, everything just shut down. But I think I did one thing that was bad in the sense of like, you know, when you mentioned you started doing the meditation for 30 minutes, you're starting to think like, okay, when is it going to be over? I'm just waiting for it to be over. So I'm in there. I'm in the, what you call it? The The deprivation chamber. Yeah. I'm in there and I'm, I'm just there laying, you know, floating. I'm thinking like, damn, how much longer do I have to be in here? How much longer is it going to be? I mean, at the same time, my mind is empty at some point, but because I'm not used to the whole, you know, just being there, it's like, when will this be over? This is taking a while. (laughs) It's a whole pro. And then, then I meet you when you come out, it's like, ah, that was nice. For me, I'm like (laughs) 50, 50. I'm like, okay, it was nice. "Ah." Part of it was, it was a struggle in itself. You know, it's funny. It's because you got the result really quickly. Yeah, like you got to the point of not thinking anything. Yeah. Right. And we're not we're not used to that. And it's like, this is what you want to get to. I got here now what? Right. Because we're always we're like, like what's next? Right. Yeah. Instead like, of just go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like we're programmed for like what's next instead of just being like, oh, you know what? Like with that open mind, you could have taken you could have taken your thoughts anywhere at that point in time. When you like my mind's not going anywhere, you could have thought about anything in there and the universe would have gave you like anything you asked for like any information you would have tried to find like it would have just started floating to you instead i floated out yeah and (laughs) see that's the thing about meditation a lot of times like people don't know that they're in a meditative state but this is how you know that you're in a meditative state right is because you're going and all of a sudden you just your mind will drift but then you'll catch yourself drifting that's how you know you're in meditation because you recognize there's two different states that you were in. One where your mind was drifting and you said, I caught myself. Like I caught, I caught, I'm drifting. So now I'm going to stop and I'm going to come back here. So that's how you know that you're in meditation. A lot of people use that as, oh, I broke meditation. But that's how you know you are in a state of meditation because you're so aware that your mind was drifting, that your thoughts were going all over the place. That's meditation. But the deprivation chamber, I actually surprisingly learned about that through a book called The Survival Guide for Electronic Music Production, for the electronic music producer. That's how I learned about that. I do music and I was reading this book and I thought it was just going to teach me like all this stuff about music, right? How to actually get better at making music, like techniques of music, like basically music theory and things like that. When I read that book, that book, a lot of what I took from that book and the majority of that book had very little to do with theory of music, if at all. It was more so of like the lifestyle. It was saying get into meditation, get into martial arts, exercise. These are the things that spark your creativity. And that was one of those things where I saw it. And then I, that was the first time I heard mention of it. And then not too far along after, I think I was watching Joe Rogan and he like swears by when he has one in his house. And then... I was like, you know, let me find oh, one. He has like the deprivation chamber in his house. 
Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's lucky. The type of meditation I do when like you're just floating, because like when you're sitting, be aware of your posture. Like if sitting down, like you feel your body, like you can nod off and like, you feel that, right? When I'm floating, like I feel my body at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, you I become, you're super light. My first experience in the deprivation chamber went like this. My mind was just running. It was going all over the place. It was moving like super fast, but just like, not like in a bad way, but just like going through thoughts. And then all of a sudden I was like, I heard this like swishing sound like, shh. And I was like, what's that sound? And I was like, oh, it's so quiet. I am inside of my body. I can hear the blood flowing in myself right now. Like I'm hearing that scent was the blood flowing in my body. That's how quiet and internal I got. I was able to hear and feel my heartbeat in like several places. Like, you know, they could check your pulse on your wrist, right? On your neck, right? You can feel your, your heartbeat when you're still enough pulsating in your brain. You can feel it in your genitalia too. Like your heartbeat, because your blood is traveling everywhere. Like your heart is sending the blood everywhere. So there's like a lot of different places. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the coolest shit ever. Like I'm literally inside of myself so much that I can hear inside of me, like what's going on in my body. And then that moment, cause you know, you know, it's dark, right? There's no sound. It's just darkness. And I remember the, um, it's like a little drum sound, like that first drum and the lights kind of start to glide back up. They don't just like pop up, but they like ease their way back on. Yeah. And as I opened my eyes to that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it felt like to be born, to come out of the vagina or the womb. It's like you're in darkness. You're in like wet darkness, right? And then you just come up to the light. And now you're just, you're in the light, right? <laughs> you open your eyes and it's light. So that, that, that was like my first experience. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. And it's, it's funny, like, I like taking people there for the first time. Everybody has like a different experience. Like, like you said, your experience was, man, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, <I'm a> yeah. <laughs> At the time I took. I think before you took me not too long before, I think you took Giovanni and someone else. And, and John, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. When I took G, he's like, Oh man, like that was, he, he just felt so much better. Cause I knew, I knew that he was here at that time. He had a lot going on in his life. And when he came out, like you could see it on him. Like you could tell that he just felt lighter. Like he came out at like just different. And I was like, yeah. It was just something that like he typically wouldn't have done on his own. Cause again, a lot of people don't know about it. I mean, those things are like cool to me, like finding things like that to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, like before I went there, I didn't even know what it was. Like it was all new to me. And I think that's like most people because I, I think I remember I posted like a picture of it. And some people are like, like people will reply to my story and be like, what's that? Because not, not too many people know about it. Yeah, it's not really super mainstream. It's funny. I've only seen it on like one television show, um, Dave. And the way he did it in the show, Dave. They had him take a psychedelic and then had him go in there. I was like, yo, Damn. he was tripping. Yeah, like <laughs> you take a psychedelic and you're just alone with your thoughts in there. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Shout out, shout out to that because I'm ashamed to say this, but 
I mean, I grew up by the sea and I can't swim. So <laughs> that gave me the chance to float for once. So it's like, I, <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Ah, that's funny. And that's the crazy part about it. When you just like the first time and when you get in there, it's like, you know, like for me, especially I'm, I'm already used to sinking. All I do is sink. So when you get in there, it's like, you can't sink at all. You just keep coming right back up. It's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, it's funny because I can swim, but floating is like hard. Like I, and I took swimming lessons for probably like five years every summer. And like floating to this day is hard because it's like the float. They say, just relax. Don't do anything. Just let your yeah. body float. Yeah. Like, what? I like, mean, they make it sound so easy. Right. That sounds like the easiest thing to do, but it's just like, huh? But in there, because of the, um, there's so much sea salt in there, the buoyancy of your body just it lets it go. And it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was still like, okay, let's get adjusted to this. So, like, when's the last time you've been there? Oh, I haven't been there in, in a few years, to be honest. Oh, did I do one in 2020? It's either 2019 or at the start of 2020. Well, I, I know for sure you did it in 2019 because that's when I went with you. Summer okay. 2019. Okay, yeah. Then I, I've done it since then. I, I went back. Um, I think I did it once in 2020. I think I did it once for sure in 2020. And I don't remember if it was pre-COVID or during. Everything's been a blur, so. Yeah. So I haven't done it, and I haven't done it recently. I have been thinking about doing it, but I recently switched hairstyles so now that i have dreads i don't want to lay in water with my hair and especially yeah. since i colored it she told me don't don't do chlorine so now i'm like oh but yeah. i want to say that there's swim caps for like specifically for people with dreads so i might look into that hopefully it works out but you don't want to yeah. like you know i mean for you being someone that meditates anyways and you meditate in different ways. It's like, you know, you, you can get by. Yeah. It's not, it's not like you depend on going there. Yeah. But it's just like, man, when I get to a point to where I have like an extra room, I will have one of those in my house. Because that, for me, it is probably the most enjoyable way for me to meditate. And, and I think it's partly too because being, being tall and being longer, it's like I can just lay out, spread out and just be free. Like, yeah, it's kind of surprising that they're pretty big. I mean, then yeah, again, imagine. It, it's a state. So it's not like any other place where the average height is pretty short. So the size of the things would be too small. Yeah, but I, I imagine you can get them bigger, too. I imagine so. But I've I, never looked into it because that's not my focus right now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the back of your head. Yeah. So, so or, let me ask you a question. You go ahead. Next question. So why do you think you overthink? Like, what do you, and what do you consider overthinking? Ah, well, I think I would consider it to be like, I don't know, like when it's something that's very simple, I start thinking like, I mean, it's just the way my brain works that I calculate all possible outcomes, even the very pretty much unlikely ones. And then like, I start thinking about, okay, for this one problem, if I do this one thing, this, 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 this can happen. When in reality, the chances of all of those happening are very unlikely. My brain still thinks about it. And then it puts like, you know, 
let's say you flip a coin, right? You yeah. know, it's only going to land heads or tail. Now, my brain is going to tell me, you know, maybe it could land somewhere where it just stays up straight, lands on neither of them. The chances of that happening is very low. But my mind is going to tell me, damn, are you sure you want to take that gamble? Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to be thinking about it. I'm like, mm, now that you mention it, maybe not. Or I don't know. Like, I guess I'm not too comfortable with my own thoughts at times. Where's the uh, point? Like, I mean, not necessarily thoughts, but more like flashbacks, sort of. When you're there yeah. and you just start thinking about things that at this point in time, they're irrelevant but they just come up for no reason. It's like, why is this popping up at this time? Yeah. I guess it's because I put the extra, I don't know, I guess you could say the extra pressure on myself to like not think about it. Yeah. When you try to not think about something, all you do is think about it. Yep. You just keep thinking about it and you go deeper into it. Yeah. It's just so like with I'm quicksand. You just keep, I just keep sinking. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a trick that somebody told me. Okay. When you're meditating, Right. And those thoughts come about like just imagine your thoughts like clouds and you are just observing the clouds. Right. And they're just passing by. Right. At some point in time, if you watch the clouds long enough, like if you just focus on one spot in the sky and the clouds are passing, a cloud will pass and a new one will come. Yeah. So think of when you're in those thoughts, think of it as a cloud and it's just passing by. Right. You don't have to judge it. Right. It can just be a thought. Because that's what's happening when you're saying like you're, you're going deeper into it because you're judging your own thought instead of just, oh, it just is what it is. I'm just thinking about it. Okay. The other thing is don't try to not think about it. Instead, think about something that you want to think about, right? Because our mind doesn't understand negatives. So for instance, if you say, I'm tired of being broke, it only understands tired and broke. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> right? Oh, and it's just going to work to that. So just when you get to those thoughts, just let them pass. That's all they are. They're just. I mean, to, to be honest, like I'd say recently it, it's gotten better for sure. Like I, I've started the whole, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, it's just a thought and it just goes away. But like, you know, there are those moments yeah. when you're just there and it hits you. And it's like you, you can't just treat it as just a thought, even though it really and truly just is that. But. It's just like, you know, just have to, how to say, I guess it's just like when you started like your meditation, when you started from the five minutes to the more and more and more, I guess it's like that just have to level up the control over it. Yeah. But yeah. So to go off into an entirely different direction now, um, before we actually started recording, you and I were talking about, you know, working late at night and I found it as something that works for me too. And here we are doing this episode. I mean, at night for you, not not necessarily too late, still pretty early, sort of. But, you know, it's crazy that late at night, like you said, you could be at home during the day by yourself, but it's just not the same as being at home late at night, being the only one up. And yeah, this is how I think about it, because, you know, out here, I'm living in a room with other people. I'm in the same room with them. And it's the fact that, you know, when everyone else is awake, there is this chance that they can come up and like not intentionally disturb you, but indirectly do so versus the fact that when you know they're sleeping, you just have everything at ease, at peace. And I don't know, it's either for like 
I guess in my sense, that's like my, how to say, that's my, because I don't meditate, but that's my peace of mind. Being up late at night, it's not technically the best lifestyle to have, depending on what you're doing, but it works out better. Like to the people that do get stuff done during the day when everything is going on, I give them props for it, but it's just not me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, it's almost like we talked about being in the meditating in nature, right? Except for when you're awake, everything, like you hear all the sounds of, of everything, right? During the day, like your roommates, they may not try to, to bother you, but you can hear like all of the movements that they make, right? They're opening a bag of chips. Like you hear that, you notice it, right? It's just, it's things when you are aware that you'll hear, but when they're not there, it's just like, it's just silence. And like when you're trying to do something, when there's nothing to distract you, you'll get whatever you're trying to do done very quickly because that's all you're focused on. It's like things not necessarily hard to do. Um, but when you're distracted, they just seem to take longer. So like me, I'm on a, a night schedule now. I, this morning, I had to wake up to take the kids to school. And so when you text me, like, we're still on, I had just gotten back and I was like, yeah, we, we could do it. And I, and I looked at it for a minute. I was like, I wanted to reschedule because I literally just got back in the bed. Yeah. And I was like, I really just want to go back to sleep. I was like, but I said we were going to do it. And I was like, man, I don't want to flake. So I'm going to say, yeah, right. And then I fell asleep and then I kind of woke up. And then that's when I hit you up and like, hey, can we reschedule? Because like I was tired, tired. Like I, I want to say I, that was like nine o'clock my time when I asked you if we can reschedule or 9.30. Yeah, right? about that. I slept until 12 o'clock. <laughs> From that point, I literally closed my eyes and went back to sleep until 12 o'clock because I was, I just, I was tired. Like, and it's crazy because I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to go back to being on the day schedule. Even though I've been productive work-wise working at night, it just, my day, it seems like the days go by so faster. And that's the thing. When we think of days, we have days and nights. There's only 12 hours in a day. There's 12 hours a night. Yeah. Right. But when we think of a, a full 24 hours, we call it a day. Right. So we think of only having half the time that we really do. And I'm coming up with this right now as we talk, like this is making sense to me now why I felt like I was rushing is because when I want to get something done for the day, when I'm waking up at 12, I realize I don't have that much time left in the day because the day is about to end. It's going to be night, but I have the evening and night. So, yeah. And I think it happens to me too. I think the, I think probably the biggest thing is that because of everything that's around us, like the people and everything else, that's their schedule. That's their 24 hours. And so when we look at it like that, it's like, damn, time's up. In reality, we're going to be up anyways. We still have the same amount of time as they do. We're only sleeping for the same amount of time. Just that, I guess it's the way that we're programmed in life, I guess. And the yeah. way society is, it's like, okay, when the sun is up from this time to that time is the time you should be getting stuff done. At this time, you should be sleeping. But at the end of the day, like you said, we still have the full 24. Yeah. And I think that like that helped like just verbalizing that to you just now helped me recognize that, like, hey, you got the full 24, just like everybody else. You're just using it differently. 
right? You're using it to how it works best for you. And so I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. That makes sense. It's making sense for myself now too, because like I'd say for maybe the past week or so, I've been up until like maybe 4 a.m. where it's just, it's doing something or doing nothing. That's just my usual schedule. I wake up, I'm like, damn, I don't want to wake up at like after 12 at one or something. I'm like, but why the hell should I be sacrificing my sleep? while yeah. others are getting the same amount of sleep. I mean, if you get your sleep, you get your sleep. And that's like another thing. They say you need eight hours of sleep. You have to have this many hours. I find that a lot of nights when I get like eight hours of sleep, I wake up tired. No, no. Versus. No. That's facts. All right, I, I could sleep like a good five or six hours one night and wake up just in the morning without the alarm clock and I'm just ready to go. Don't get me right? wrong. Like I might need a day or two where I get a lot of sleep just to get my body a little bit boosted. But then I can have so many days when it's like four, five, six hours of sleep. And I feel better than the days I actually get that supposedly quote unquote full sleep. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think they're trying to average out. This is, this is the average amount of sleep. But it's like some days it's like, man, I'd rather just sleep for 12 hours this one day and be like recharged, like full battery. And it'll last me over a few days where it's like, I don't have to like get to a full charge, you know? Cause like last night would have been one of, if I didn't have to take those kids to school and like, I didn't set my alarm, I'd have been KO'd, like just knocked. And it would have been great. It just got interrupted because I, I first interrupted myself by trying to put myself back on a, um, an AM sleeping pattern, getting up earlier sleeping pattern. So I was hitting the snooze button. And that's like the worst thing you can do. I snoozed yesterday for two hours. So that made me even more tired. Relatable. I did that shit yesterday as well. And dude, that's got to be the stupidest shit to snooze. Think about it. When you snooze, if you got an iPhone and you're snoozing, it's going from nine minutes to eight minutes to seven minutes, right? So you're getting less and less. It's like every time you fall asleep, the alarm's going off. Do you know that that is actually a torture method? Like they use that to torture people is... Right when they're about to fall asleep, wake them up. Yeah, that's that's just, you playing a dangerous game with yourself, right? So that's why it's like I told myself today: hey, if you set an alarm, you get out the bed at that time. Fuck, if you're gonna be tired, fuck it, you just got to be tired. Do what you got to do, and then maybe you can come back and take a nap later on. But when it get when it goes off, get the fuck up out the bed because after that, you're just fucking yourself up. That's a fact. Now you were mentioning to me like now we like. I realize, like, whenever I talk, sometimes I go all over the place. But at the end of the day, I always connect the dots. I have, like, you know, I don't make a shape. I make some weird ass. I don't know what the hell it is, but my dots all connect. So um, you mentioned earlier, well, not in the podcast. You mentioned before we started recording that, you know, with your meditation and sleeping, like changing your sleep schedule and what's not. You don't even know when to meditate because you're already used to, okay, I'm going to meditate in the morning and at night. But now, technically, you're, what you consider to be morning and night are both different now. So how are you going to yeah. balance that out? Um, I just got to stick to it and, and just keep it simple. Just, okay, when I'm getting ready to go to sleep, just make sure I do a routine before I go to sleep. And then when I wake up, just, and this is just going to be dependent depending upon if I know I have to do something the next day or not um, is more so just, Hey, give yourself enough time to get up and then just meditate. Just do it. When I first wake up, 
and right before I go to sleep. And it really shouldn't matter at that point in time. It's just having the routine of it being the last thing that you're doing before you go to sleep and the first thing that you're doing when you're waking up. So that's how I'm going to aim to do it. But I've been struggling to do it going to sleep because over the past few months, not even months because I've done it, but it's, I've started going back to, okay, I'm, I just really want to fall asleep really quickly. And the fastest way for me to fall asleep is to just have my phone watching anime in Japanese. I only watch anime in Japanese with subtitles because like the reading it will eventually, if I'm laying down and I'm reading it, it'll eventually put me to sleep and I can fall asleep because I don't understand the language. Right. So if it was in English, I'd be hearing like, I'd be able to understand what was being said when they're just talking. It's just sounds <laughs> like it's just, it's just sounds. But what wakes me up when I'm watching that is the theme songs, the ending credits and the beginning songs that'll wake me up. So I'm just got to retrain myself to not have to use the phone. And it, it's kind of hard because it's like, I want to fall asleep instantly and I'll be up for a while before that can but you know what's crazy is that for me, it's the opposite because I don't really watch a lot of anime, but I've watched a little bit here and there. And I started this one, Jujutsu Kaisen. And oh, yeah, that's a good one. So the first day I was watching it, I went, I went crazy. I probably watched like 14 episodes in the first day. I guess it's the fact that when I was watching it, I was like sort of sitting up, laying down because while I was watching it, because you got to read the subtitles, I'm super locked in. I'm super focused. I'm awake. Whereas versus if I'm watching a random ass show in English, it's like, you know, I can doze off yeah. because I'm not 100% concentrated on it. But yeah. at the same time, it has to be like some random show, like Family Guy or just some something that yeah. I don't really care what happens in an episode. So it's like, that's the only way I fall asleep. But I think the, I think one of the biggest problems with sleeping is when you tell yourself, I got to sleep, it's just like when you're with the thinking that I mentioned earlier, when you're like, okay, don't think, don't think you think more. So it's just like, okay, I got to sleep. Then you don't sleep. Yeah. Because it happened to me today because, so we were going to do the episode earlier, which was going to be at like 2 AM my time. And I'm fine. Cause I go to sleep at four anyways. But when you said, okay, let's reschedule, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. Now I get to sort of sleep earlier because I had to do another recording with some of my friends at 11 my time. So I'm like, okay, I need to go to sleep so I can wake up at maybe at least 10, get myself ready. I'm telling myself, okay, I got to sleep. I got to sleep. It's three something, still awake, four, still awake, five, still awake. (laughs) I'm like, damn. And the more I keep telling myself, okay, I got to get at least this amount of sleep. My body's like, Ah, joke's on you. Because that's the thing. We keep on saying, I got to get this amount of sleep. See, that's the thing. We equate amount of sleep to quality of sleep when they're not the same thing. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. Like, I'm just trying to get, like, the best quality sleep. Like, that's the thought I'm going to start. When I go to sleep, I'm like, I just want to have the best quality sleep I can have tonight. (laughs) And wake up in the morning refreshed and recharged. That's it. Whether it's two hours, five hours, ten hours. Or eight, like just let me just wake up feeling refreshed. And you know, the bad part is I know it's like that for naps, but I don't really do it for sleep. 
because I know they always say that the best naps are low-key the short ones. And mm-hmm. I think it's true because sometimes I might take a nap for 15, 20 minutes. And during that time, like maybe 50% of it, I'm not even actually sleeping. I'm still half awake. Like I'm aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But the moment I take an hour long nap, I wake up with a headache. I, f- I wake up feeling grumpy. It's like, fuck, I just want to go back to sleep. <laughs> Man, those little power naps, those short ones. Oh, they're fucking majestic. And it's funny because what happens to me now is I know for a fact that I go to a dream world, like, because when I nap, I feel it the most because it's like, like you said, you don't, like you're, you're, you're asleep, but something is not, it's a different kind of sleep, but I feel like myself sort of come back into my body. Like, it's like, okay, I can kind of wake up now. I was like, oh, I was asleep, but I just came back. It's like I took a trip and I just came back. And it's like I could feel it. it when I was working, and I used to take these in the nap, like at the end of my um, time there, the last few months, when I would take a nap, it would feel like, so I'd be asleep in my car, and it would feel like I would just slam back into my body. And just like, oh. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's when I, was, that's when I knew I was going somewhere else when I slept. It's a crazy thing. The body is... The way the body and the mind and everything works together. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. And it's funny because somebody has figured it all, like, somebody has figured it all out, right? Like, there's nothing new about our minds and bodies. They, I mean, it's, an been ancient, a, it's been around for forever. Yes, for as long as there's been humans. And think about this. When you're a baby, right, and you don't understand language, you were very inside and you were just sitting your first few, your first year of life is literally you going from not being able to move your body to just like, all right, let me take control of my neck, my fingers, my toes. Let me hold my neck up. Oh, let me pull myself up, crawl. Let me pull myself up to stand on my legs and walk like everybody else. Right. You're just doing that. So imagine like you just have the time to just figure all of that out. You you could just stay figuring out your body. So somebody figured it all out. But now, like our life is not about figuring it out. It's more so just like life is just about it's more. I find that life now is just about experiencing this life. Like for a while, I was on like a search for the answer of life and just kind of realize, hey, you're just supposed to be in it. You're supposed to just experience it while you're here. Like while you're here, be in it. Like whatever your experience is, experience it. Whatever you want to do, go go do that and experience yeah. that and experience everything that comes along with the decision take, to do that. Take it all in. Yeah. And then and enjoy and just stay present. So there is one other thing that we can do in our minds. And that's time travel. Time traveling exists. And I want to say I listened to one of your pods. You said, I don't know if time travel exists. I want to say that was in your one of your pods. I want to say it was in the last one. Um, but it does. And I'll show you two ways that it exists. The first one, I'll show you real world. I experienced one day in October twice because I was in Japan where they're ahead of time. And the way that like my flights and everything worked out, I, land, I left Japan on a Thursday, like during the day. I got back to the Bay Area and experienced that same Thursday again. Yeah. 
And I wondered, and I think to myself, what does that mean? Like, like what, what does that mean that I experienced this same day twice? And then like when you meditate, your thoughts can go back to the past, right? And it's crazy because like now you can go back to the past and you essentially can rewrite like what happened because it no longer exists except for in your mind. True. But you can go back and you can, you can change it to be whatever outcome you wanted. And you can go to the future because you can see what is it that you want to see in the future. And then from there, anything that you want, like you can use your mind to go to the future, plant the seed, and then you can figure out, okay, how did I get there? And then you start working backwards. You start taking, what was the step before that? What was the step before that? And then it brings you all the way back to the present. And before you know it, you see every single step of how to get to where you want to get to. I never really thought about it like that. <laughs> yeah. See, Thank you, sir. That's, that's a different type of meditation, right? Like, like you go there, plant the seed of what you want to happen, and then you just come back to the present. You wait for the future to catch up to you. Makes we sense. think of the future as being a, a thing in front of us, and sometimes we've already been there, and we just need to let it catch up. It's actually our past. People say that boy spin facts. <laughs> man is the more i experience life the more i'm just like none of this shit is it's all made up like everything about this is made up everything about this existence is made up from somebody or something right you go and see a building right at one point in time that building was a thought in somebody's mind brought into actualization yep everything everything every, right every little thing and when you when you think about that it's like damn it's like a, it's powerful because you know like damn i had that same ability someone has to think thought. about it put it into action and there it is yeah beautiful thing man beautiful thing man you see you know what i think we're running out of time but i'm for sure gonna have you back on again yeah got a lot a lot more to talk about yeah we do this was fun and thank you for taking the time out. Appreciate you dropping, dropping all this knowledge on us. Mm, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate you working on my schedule today, too. Man, it's, you know, it's got to find a balance. Yeah. Oh, speaking of balance, real quick, I overcame a quote where it says, don't seek to find balance in your life. Seek to be balanced in the unbalance of life. That's a yeah. good one. Man. Can you drop that one last time? You know, it's one of those quotes that you just got to hear, hear more than once. Yeah. So don't seek to find balance in your life. Instead, be balanced in the unbalanced life. You heard it here, people. You heard it here twice. But yeah, Vern, I think it's about time we wrap this up. We're definitely doing a part two to all of this. I have other things to talk about. I think I even mentioned it earlier, but we never got into them. So mm. we, we, we'll get into them in another episode. We'll, we'll make the schedule work. And yep. I'll be catching you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace and ease.